0: Well, we're going to have our Bible reading now, and then Gareth Rhymes is going to come and speak to us. Gareth and Rosie have become part of St Matthew's congregation over the last year, and Gareth is a member of the Territorial Army, and so I've invited him to come and speak to us this morning. But first, we're going to continue our series in the Exodus as we have our Bible reading.
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, Sorry. (laughs) So from Exodus 12, a couple of verses, and then from Exodus 14. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go. And also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we will all die. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials uh, changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea, Near pi hithoth near opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Egyptians looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool, lovely. lovely. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together today and blessing us to be able to hear from your word. Please help us, dear Lord, to, to hear what you have to say and to come away a people changed and built up for your glory. Amen. Uh, if you have a, one of the church Bibles, please have it open to exodus fourteen i 'll be speaking on a, a little bit more than was read out, so uh, just so you can follow along today we are remembering the sacrifice of all those who have served in the armed forces we 've come together to remember how they defended us when we could not defend ourselves and to remember how they made themselves our champions. In today's Bible passage, uh, we heard about an even greater champion and how he saved his people. For the people of Israel, as we've been learning over the past few weeks, were in dire straits. Though their time in in Egypt had begun well, later they had become enslaved. But the Lord had seen their suffering... And had acted to rescue them. He indeed had remembered them, as we read in the first part of Exodus. He sent Moses to lead them and performed great miracles against Egypt uh, to deliver them from there. These are the ten plagues that we've been uh, reading about earlier in Exodus. And after these plagues, as we heard in the first part of our reading, Pharaoh sent the people out of Israel... He let them go, having been battered into submission. But the Lord did not cease to care and lead, for, and lead his people. And he continued to lead them and defend them as they left Egypt. He appeared before them in a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. He directed their route and he led them away from danger. And he arranged their final escape. For Pharaoh, as we read, had changed his mind. The Lord had not finished teaching Israel or Egypt or us through the example of that powerful but proud man. Pharaoh had consistently rebelled against the Lord, as we read through the early chapters of Exodus. And now the Lord punished him and made him an example to us by confirming him in his error. This is what the Bible means when it talks about him having his heart hardened. Now this sounds unjust, but we should remember that this is the same Pharaoh who had ordered all the newborn Israelite boys to be killed at birth, and that he had vindictively enslaved an entire nation. He had earned his punishment. And we should also remember that in our different ways, each of us rebels against the Lord. And each of us have earned our punishment from him. We don't need to be as dramatic as Pharaoh to manage to rebel against God and reject his standards. In fact, the wonder in this story is that the Lord saves Israel Or indeed anyone else. But to return to the story. The great Egyptian army, led by Pharaoh and spearheaded by his mighty chariots, set off pursuing Israel. Humanly, the Egyptians could not have been stronger. They represented one of the great empires of history. They were led with their chariots, with the best technology and the best troops available. And, as we read in the passage, they were very numerous. And they caught up to Israel, with Israel encamped in what seemed like a devastating position, trapped between the Egyptians and the sea. This terrified the Israelites. They harangued Moses. Why did you bring us into the desert to die? Why did you even take us out of Egypt? Were there no graves there? Their trust in the Lord... Wavered. But Moses stood firm, not unlike Churchill during the Second World War. Don't be afraid, stand firm, he said. And why? For the Lord will fight for you. All Israel needed to do was to hold on. In one translation it says all they needed to do was to be silent. And the Lord did exactly that. And fought for them. He gave Moses his orders. He commanded him to raise his staff, which he had used in the the, uh, previous signs and wonders, to part the sea. Israel was then to pass through, and they would go through unhindered on dry ground. The Egyptians, with their hard hearts still set against Israel, would pursue them, the Lord explained. But the Lord would deal with them and would destroy them. Our service people know what it is to trust in a chain of command, and the Lord expected the same from Israel. And with Moses acting as God's sergeant major, they overcame their fear and followed the Lord's commands. Now this plan would take time. The Lord caused the wind to blow all night, and the wind then parted the sea, it drove back the waters. And to defend Israel in the meantime, the pillar of fire which had been leading Israel on moved behind them to separate the Egyptian army from the people of Israel, so that neither could reach the other. For all their strength, the Egyptians were forced simply to wait. Through the night, the wind did its work, and the waters were driven back, Once they were parted, Moses followed his orders and led Israel through. The people walked through on dry ground, defended and provided for by their great champion. But the dry ground seemed to give the Egyptian chariots an opening. And so they pursued Israel, charging after them into the midst of the sea. As we said, the Lord warned Moses that this would happen. And had planned for it. Once Israel had passed through the sea, the Lord issued fresh orders to Moses. He was to raise his staff again. This time the waters would return and destroy the Egyptian army. The chariot, already seeing the danger of their position, began to falter. And the Egyptians tried to flee. But it was too late. Moses raised his staff The waters returned and the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The Egyptians, mighty chariots and all, were annihilated. And all could see the completeness of their defeat as the Egyptian dead were washed up on the seashore. Israel's men, women and children had walked through the sea. But Egypt's mighty chariots could not fight through it. The Lord had triumphed. He had shown his great power even over mighty Israel, uh, mighty Egypt. He had shown his vast grace saving even undeserving Israel. And he had proven himself the people's unrivaled champion and worthy Lord. This is an epic story which echoes through the rest of the Bible. And it's worth remembering alongside our own great stories of deliverance. Like in the First World War, when uniquely large armies from this country fought to keep us safe. That's why the 11th of November, the day the First World War came to a close, is uh, is the centre of our remembrance. Or like the Battle of Britain, where this country was delivered from Nazi invasion, or indeed, like the campaigns against terrorism, which continue as we speak. Our champions fought and fight for us. And we live in a world that they have won for us, a world where freedom has a chance. But even more profoundly, if we choose... We can live in the world that the Lord made through the Exodus. For his work as Israel's champion did not stop as they crossed the Red Sea. He guided, defended and delivered them time and time again. And finally, when the time was right, he sent his Son, Jesus, to them and to us. And Jesus Christ is the champion that we all need most deeply. I said, we all fall short of God's standards. And we do. But Jesus is our champion. He fulfilled those standards in our place. I said, we have earned just punishment from the Lord because of our rebellion against him. And we have. But Jesus is our champion. He took that just punishment in our place on the cross. As Egypt overpowered Israel, so these things, so our sin overpowers us. But Jesus is our champion. His resurrection has crushed death and the powers of evil as surely as the sea crushed those chariots. And all we need to do, like Israel, is to trust in the lord for jesus is the lord who fights for us today we remember our war dead and all those who have served and we are right to fulfill this duty to those who have given and give so much for us but let us remember too that we face greater dangers even than these champions can save us from But let us also remember that we have a champion in this fight too. And that if we trust in him, Jesus Christ will be the great champion that we need. And so, as Churchill said, let us go forward together following Jesus Christ, our great captain and our king. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that you were a champion to the people, the people of Israel, as you led them out of Egypt. Thank you that you have provided human champions for us to help us stay free. But thank you above all for Jesus Christ. Help us to hold fast to him, our great champion, and live with him as king. Amen.